In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Gage, Sarah, Logan, and Hannah, today is your confirmation day, and more important, your very first communion. And this is a marvelous gift from the Lord, because He knows how very weak you are, how very sinful. He knows how much you need His help. And so He gives it. This is, in fact, what it means to be a Christian. It means that we are recipients of the Lord's help. We are the object of His gifts. And our Lord Jesus has for us a lifetime of gifts. He, he doesn't give His gifts all at once. It's not like like Christmas morning, and everything's given and it's all finished. The Lord has for us a, a lifetime. He gives us life, and then He gives us birth, and then He gives us new birth, that is, our baptism, life and salvation and the forgiveness of sins when He, when he puts His name on us. He gives us the ability to talk and to sing so that we can pray and we can sing hymns of thanksgiving to Him. The Lord teaches us to understand things and so that we can know His Word. And our Lord Jesus has given His very body and blood with the promise of the forgiveness of all of our sins. And that's the gift that the Lord Jesus has for you for the first time today. And it is a time then of great rejoicing for you and for the Lord's church. But, but, there are dangers. There's dangers with confirmation. And I am thinking specifically of three dangers that face you for today. The first temptation and danger is to think that confirmation adds something to your baptism or that it completes your baptism, or that it makes your baptism matter more than it did. No way. Your baptism was complete the moment it happened. There is nothing that you or I can do to add to the work of God. And the miraculous and marvelous work that the Lord did when He baptized each one of you, when He put His name on you, doesn't need any improvement. It can't get any better. You are baptized. The beloved, saved children of God. You were when you woke up this morning, and you will be when you go to bed tonight. All of us are tempted constantly to think that in one way or another, we're helping God. We're adding something to His work. We're, we're polishing a bit the gift that He gave us. And this is wrong, and it is bad. It is Jesus who helps us and gives us all that we need. The second danger with confirmation is to think that you have learned all that you need to know. There's a joke about this. I think I must have told it before. There's a Baptist preacher who has the distinct problem of bats in the church. You've heard this? No matter what he does, he can't get the bats to leave. I mean, they're a constant nuisance. One day he's having a cup of coffee with a Lutheran pastor friend of his and he's telling him about this problem and the Lutheran pastor says, oh, this is no, no big deal, I'll take care of it. So he goes into the sanctuary, he closes the door, 
Ten minutes later, he walks out of the door, and all the bats fly out after him and fly right out the door. Two weeks later, they're having coffee, and, and the Baptist preacher says, I don't know what you did, but the bats haven't come back at all. I haven't had any problems since you were there. And the Lutheran pastor says, oh, it's simple. I just confirmed them. You'll, you'll never see them again. <laughs> this is funny, but very, very sad. Confirmation is not a graduation. It's not. It is not an end of anything. If anything, it's a beginning. You have not learned everything that you need to know. No one in this room has learned everything that they need to know. I have not even come, in, come close to learning everything that I need to know. And no one on the earth, really, has ever learned everything they need to know about the Lord Jesus and His mercy and His scriptures. Martin Luther, who was perhaps the greatest teacher in the church since the days of the apostles, says this about learning the catechism. But for myself, I say this. I am also a doctor and a preacher. Yea, as learned and experienced as all those may be who have such presumption and security. Yet I do as a child who is being taught the catechism and every morning and whenever I have time, I read and say word for word the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the Psalms, etc. I must still read and study daily, and yet I cannot master it, that is the catechism, as I wish, but must remain a child and pupil of the catechism. And, continues Luther, I am glad so to remain." It would be impossible to count the people who have been overcome by the temptation that I'm talking about. To think that when you're confirmed, you've learned enough. Uh, uh, they, that they mastered everything. That they were in need of no more instruction. It is, a, it is a terrible tragedy in the church. Perhaps one of the worst tragedies that we face. That, that for many people, their first communion is their last communion. The last time they come to the Lord's Supper. The last time they receive the body and blood of Jesus. With the presumption that they have learned enough and that they have had enough. But for you four, for you dear confirmands, out of everything that you have learned in this past year and a half, I pray that you have learned one thing most of all, and that is that you are a sinner who is forgiven by Jesus. That the Lord has set us to live a life of repentance. S-S-F-F. -F, sorrow over our sins and faith in our forgiveness. There's a little side note to this. It's sometimes understood that your confirmation is when you can make your own decisions. For example, that now you can decide whether or not to come to church or to come to Sunday school or come to Bible study. That is not true. You will never have that decision to make. The Lord has already made the decision for you. He says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. When you're 15 or when you're 18 
or when you're 21 or when you're 50 or when you're 97, you still will not be old enough to make that decision. Coming to church and hearing the Lord's word and having the Lord's supper is not a choice. It's a commandment. Got it? You see, the danger is thinking that we've learned enough, but we haven't. The Lord wants our whole life to be filled with learning His Word and coming to His church and eating the very body and blood of Jesus and saying our prayers to Him for help. The third danger, the first, remember, is, is well, the second is thinking that we've learned enough. The first is thinking that we've added something to our baptism. The third danger is thinking that confirmation makes you worthy to come to the Lord's Supper. All of you have worked hard and studied hard, but you have not, by this work and by this study, you have not earned anything or deserved anything. You have not somehow done something so that you might gain access to the Lord's altar. This, the Lord's Supper, is a gift, and it will always be a gift, freely given by Jesus. And not just for you, but for all of us. For no one, not a a single one of us, have deserved what the Lord gives here. No one has, 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 has earned it. Week after week, you four have watched your parents come to communion. Your brothers and your sisters in Christ, the members of this congregation, come here for the Lord's body and blood. But not one of these people here gathered... Week after week, not one of them has, has come to this altar because they've earned it as a privilege. No one has a right to come to the altar. None of us do. It's a gift. And it must always be a gift. For in this, the Lord Jesus gives himself to us and his forgiveness, uh, and the forgiveness of all of our sins. Remember the catechism. Remember? He who is truly worthy and well prepared is the one who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We are worthy then only when we know that we are unworthy and undeserving and unequal of the gifts that the Lord gives here. When we know that we desperately need the forgiveness of all of our sins. It's repentance, sorrow over our sin and faith in forgiveness. This is what makes us in worthy in the eyes of God. So these three dangers thinking you've added to your baptism, thinking you've learned enough, thinking that you've made yourself worthy to come to the Lord's Supper. And all three of these dangers really boil down to one thing. Pride. That's what the devil is constantly tempting us towards. Pride. Thinking more of ourselves than we ought. You, though, today, are not confirming your pride but your humility and your faith. You will stand here before the Lord and the Lord's people and confess that you know and believe the creed, that you have studied and know the catechism, that you desire to come to the Lord's Supper, and that you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. And be sure to know that when you do this, when you renounce the devil, that the devil is also renouncing you. And here we get down to it. 
to the text and really to the matter at hand. For being a Christian is a dangerous business. The devil hates you as much as he hates your Jesus. That's what the gospel is about today. The slaughter of the holy innocents. Herod the Great had heard from the wise men that there was a king born for the Jews. And Herod was an extremely jealous, bloodthirsty, and crazy man. When the wise men didn't return from Bethlehem to tell Herod where this baby was, Herod sent soldiers to kill all the little boys of Bethlehem two years and younger. The angel had warned Joseph to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod, but the rest of the children that were left there, all of these baby boys, did not escape. People have guessed at this, that based on the size of Bethlehem during that day, that there were between 15 and 25 little boys that were slaughtered in that incident. We call this incident the slaughter of the innocents, referring to these children, not because they were innocent uh, of sin, because we know that all people are born with sin, right? But because they had committed no crime deserving death. And the church gives these blessed children, these baby boys, the, 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 the title and the, and the honor of being the first Christian martyrs. They stand and serve for us as a stark reminder that the devil is angry, that he is mad, that he is frothing with rage against our Lord Christ and his church, and that the devil wants us, all of us, he wants you dead. This world is getting darker and darker. The devil knows that his time is short and that the Lord's return is at hand. And so he walks around the world in a rage. He can no longer destroy Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father, so he madly seeks to devour Christians. He madly seeks to devour you. I fear that each successive generation that we have on this earth until the Lord returns will face challenges and temptations from the devil that previous generations never knew. More will be asked of you, dear confirmands, than was asked of your parents and that was asked of your grandparents. The challenges to your faith will be severer. The temptations will come to you sooner. The assaults of the devil will be for you fiercer. You, dear children, will know the devil's rage in a way that would make our skin curl. But this is nothing to fear. It's true that if you were to try to navigate this life on your own, you would surely fall. But you are not alone. You belong to Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. 
He baptized you and wrote His name on you and called you to be your own. He, in these gray and latter days, is your protector and your defender and your keeper and your Savior. He has for you gift upon gift, even His life and His death and His resurrection and His spirit and His blessing and His smile, His mercy and His forgiveness all for you. And He has for you this day, today, and until the very day that you die, He has for you the precious gift of His very body and blood given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And this, every day of your life, is your comfort and your peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.